And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. Welcome to The Approach podcast number 28. 28. Seems like so many. It does seem like so many, but... Did you you think we were going to do this many? I honestly had no idea. Yeah. I didn't have a number in mind, but, you know, right now we're we're in Miami. I don't know how you know all of these. <laughs> I don't know if I should be impressed or disturbed at this point. Well, you notice I, on the last episode, I left that one out because I forgot. Who Who's headlining this one? Uh, this was Rock and Cena 1. So who's headlining our podcast? See, that was a good transition. Ah, that was good. <laughs> ah, we have Brian Fuller. I believe Fuller has a 700, right? Yeah, he probably does. Probably does. Okay. Um, I wanted to make sure I got all the A's and the H in. <laughs> all the A's and H's. You got to sound them all out to make sure it's good. Brian, I mean, what, high single of 224, I think? 224. That's insanity. Insanity. So we're going to have at, him. At Lafayette Lanes. Yeah, and that's that's a no-joke house. That's, a, that's not a sloppy house by any stretch. No, abso- so. absolutely not, which makes that even more impressive. I mean, the score itself and is for anyone, impressive. And for anyone who doesn't know, Lafayette is now known as Riverwalk. Riverwalk, yes. So, home of uh, King of the River. Yes. So. Not as many A's. Not as many A's, no. So we'll get uh, we'll get Brian in here, and uh, we'll be back with spare thoughts. Welcome, Brian. How you doing, guys? Glad you could uh, finally make long, the track down. Long yeah. time coming, and we had delayed. Yeah, we got delayed. So somebody uh, somebody spread COVID to us. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan, Danny and I were COVID twins for yeah for a week. I have no idea where it came from either. I, it was. We have theories, but can't confirm any of them. It was so weird. Like I felt fine. Like through Saturday, I was here for the yeah. week. Felt fine, and then all of a sudden, like Sunday night, I'm like, I don't feel great. And then the next morning, like I was like breathing and felt like that, like congestion. I'm like, this probably is bad. <laughs> and I, I, I tested at like five o'clock in the morning. I got back in bed. I'm like, um, I'm not going to work this week. No, baby, I went to work. Did you go through it yet? Oh, oh yet. <laughs> we say yet like everyone's gonna get it. You haven't had your turn yet? <laughs> no, I took a test. I felt like crap actually on Saturday. I took a test and it was negative. So those don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> they, they really don't. I, I mean, we're all gonna get it. It's 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 a fact. We're all gonna get it. I saw something that was like there's an Omicron stealth, and they're like it may not get picked up on rapids, and it's less severe than the other Omicron. I was like, so it's a cold. It sounds like this is a cold. It's just, like it's just gonna keep it less and less severe. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we're going to end up. It's just going to be a cold. So, well, it's not the COVID podcast. It's it's Brian Fuller's podcast. So, welcome to the podcast. So, I, the, the number one question that got asked right off the bat, have you ever thrown a 700? A few times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, who asked that question? I can't read the name. I already scrolled past it. <laughs> so mean to me. I know. You know the story behind this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it was funny because, like, right after you posted that, I was going through my, like, my memories on Facebook, and it came up for, like, the Triples League of Fairway. They're like, oh, I was so close to a 700. I'm like, even Facebook is taunting me. <laughs> like, you have to be kidding me. So what's your favorite game uh, series over 700? 743. 743. Where did you throw that? Uh, Putnam, actually. Yeah? Tournament? What was that? Yeah, it was the city championship. Yeah. No, I wish I, I wish I got a chance to bowl that. That seemed like it was a fun time. Yeah, I almost had the alley record. I won it in eighteen, and yeah. I was like twenty pins off. What was the What was the alley record? Fourteen twenty two, I think. For Putnam? Yeah. I feel like that's low. Yeah. <laughs> fast house, right? It's yeah, really it's fast. Fa- it's f- from what I understand, it was faster than Palace. Yeah. yeah, that's what I had heard, too. But, like, like grow- well, I don't want to 
be mean. We can always edit that I out. I didn't well at Palace, to be honest with you. Like, I thought it was, like, I know it was fast, but I felt like I either punched through or I hit the four pin for, like, a nine drop. Yeah. But yeah, I was getting I a lot of, that. like, three and twos when I was on the head pin, so. But I feel like... Palace was fast, but it was like a clean fast cut. Like nothing came off on your balls or oh, anything. Oh no, no, I didn't feel anything. Yeah, it was actually the first house that I bowled in, um, where I realized that not all the approaches are slick like Melissa's, and I thought something was on the lane. And then Jeremy had to explain to me that some houses are just tacky houses. <laughs> Sunnyside's really bad. I've never bowled there I, either. Really? Last I time have, I was there, it wasn't too too bad. I have the hardest time bowling there. I stick so bad. See, I like tacky, but not like crazy crazy. You know where you have to do the Bob Wickham plant. <laughs> yeah, I. What did you say about Bolram? I would have left my knee on the lane. Uh, you, your kneecap would still be so there. So for a fat guy, slide. sorry, sorry, Andrew, but yeah, for, <laughs> for a fat guy, I slide a lot. So my my body and my knee don't get along very well. So <laughs> I don't. I can't do well in tacky houses. So. Well, that was a hard-hitting 700 question. But you do you brought up almost having a house record. You have a house record, or a couple record, right? Yeah, Riverwalk, 224. Yeah, it's not a bad score. Yeah. Now that, was that when it was still Lafayette? Yeah. Now, has that place historically been pretty tough? Yeah. A lot of people hate bowling there. I don't mind it. I mean, I, it is what it is. Like, it, it's a tough house, and you have to work for your pins. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, for you know a small house, they have a lot of good bowlers that come out of that house. Because I think you you got to be good if you're going to bowl there. Yeah, I think it helps because if you bowl there and then you go somewhere else, you normally bowl better. So yeah, well, that's that's one of the issues we have too with like handicap tournaments. I've heard the term before, like of legal sandbagging, which is picking. A, I'm not saying necessarily Riverwalk, but like we had that issue with like Norwood, where guys will come in here with like an 82 average for out on the bear. There's the, we can get a ding on that, and then they end up bowling like you know 98 average for the tournament, and people get all upset. Like, did we confirm his average? Yeah, he's bowling on a dungeon. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but what's the difference between that and somebody bowling at CPL or, or Lucky Strike when it was still open? Yeah, no, but I'm just, I think sometimes people uh, go towards the harder houses when they when they know they're going to bowl in a lot of handicapped tournaments. I like bowling in harder houses because, like, it's the same. It, it kind of puts people on a level playing field, and it sorts out the better bowlers. Yeah. Now, when you threw that 224, like, at what point did you start to think, like, something special is happening? Well, I had six strikes in a row to start it, so. So right around that time. Yeah. Right, right around after the six <laughs> strikes. He's going, things are going well. Yeah. <laughs> what was, when she threw I, the 200, had, uh, he was, you know, he said, I, I knew things were going well. It was right around the six strike, you felt like things were going well? Yeah, they have a, had a triple strike pool, and I won it twice. So that was pretty good. They let you have it both times. Oh, you get you hit it and then you get half, and then hit it and got the other so half. You got seven. So. Did you get both halves or did you get like seventy five percent? No, it was like seventy five. Yeah. Well, well, that depends on who you ask. Because if you ask somebody, like like six strikes in a row would be like nine triples, wouldn't it? Oh, I've heard because some people <laughs> say four a four bagger is two triples. Is that what you're working yeah. with? That? Yeah. One, <laughs> yeah. two, three, and two, three, four. I think mathematically that might work itself out, though. Like, I feel like that's not wrong. Because I've heard, like, two doubles is the same as a triple. Yeah, I guess so. Bobby, listening. Bobby, is two doubles mathematically equate to a triple in a game? <laughs> <laughs> so what? what's the record for the most strikes thrown in a row? Is it six? I think it's six. Yeah, yeah. I think Sarge has six also. Yeah, he I has believe 245. so. That's and then, uh, which one? Didn't Ralph, he go twice? Yeah. Ralph... Uh, Ralph has six in a row, too, right now. Yeah. I think he's... Did he... I don't think he's... Did he start with six? Ralph? I'm not sure on that one. I don't think so. No, Maybe we can get I, somebody in the comments to to go through that. So the two, two, so that was at Lafayette. So was what was that? Was that at a tournament? Was that at a... It was actually a league. Tuesday league. night league, yeah. 
that's the only problem. That's one of the things that's good now about like you were watching an ACST match before we went on the air. Like I think we're kind of getting back to like more footage of things. Yeah. Like even Bob Lee's filming his league every night, and then yeah. he ends up sending it to everybody online. And some people go back and watch it, and they see like what they're doing right or wrong. Um, do you think any like that's because you bowl on TV, correct? Yeah. Do you think that that's good for the game, even though it may not be you know Channel Fifty that we're starting to see more? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think more people should stream their leagues and stuff like that. Yeah. Because if you do something big, it'll be on. Yeah, to be it's archived. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool that we have that access because I think there was that period between you know everybody being able to go Facebook Live and when it came off the air. Now all of a sudden, we're starting to see more and more content coming out. Sometimes it's me and it's not great, but some, sometimes you get decent content out there. Right. Now, what was your average after throwing a 224 in that league? Was it mid-year, early in the year? I don't remember, to be honest. I was telling you, I just threw like a 5, um, you know, 504. Yeah. 504 the first <laughs> week of the summer league. Now to go in with like a 160 average week two or something like that, Brendan was saying. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. But so, I mean, you, you grew up at Lafayette. Yeah, I actually no. took my first steps in the bowling alley. Now, my grandmother actually. I was going to say, did she own it? Yeah, my grandmother owned it for forty over forty years, actually. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And obviously, your uncle Jack. Yep. He's what? in the Hall of Fame, which yeah. is pretty cool. That's something you aspire to in the to get to at some point. Oh as well. yeah, yeah. I'm trying. Got a long long way to go, but <laughs> maybe Jeremy can carry you to a world's. <laughs> One day. <laughs> <laughs> ever I have the bowl first. <laughs> Um, well, you brought up, you know, your first steps there, not to just keep running through these questions, but Kobe Carey asked the question, um, did you feel extra pressure becoming a great bowler because your dad was such a great bowler as well? Not really. I think I kind of just grew up around it, so I, yeah. I was Matt always there. Yeah, similar word. Like my dad, my mom, yeah. my grandmother, actually, they all bowled in the pro league, and they were all on TV. So you just kind of so. adopted it as, as, didn't feel like the pressure, like you had to... Yeah, involved in it. and I would bowl a lot, like with my grandmother owning it, like all summer long. I just pretty much bowl every day. So yeah. Now you said you had bowled on TV. What were some of your biggest like TV moments? Uh, my first appearance, I actually came in first in the roll up. I had seven fourteen against that's, Mike that's, that's Mike a, Morgan. That's fourteen more than seven hundred German. <laughs> thank, 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 thank you, Dan. And uh, my first appearance on TV was on the Comcast show, and I actually got to bowl against Mike Morgan, and he was one of my favorite bowlers yeah. growing up. So that was pretty cool. Now, did you did you have did you get the the, the funky button down shirt with like the the red, yeah with like, the racing stripe on the sleeve <laughs> or uh, the checkered flag? I think that's one of the cool things too, is especially because you can bowl. I mean, you look at how I mean, how old was Charlie Jutras when he was bowling on TV? Still, still in the sixties. So you have to think like how often, unless you're playing against Tom Brady in sports, you get to play against the guy like you grew up watching. I say Tom Brady because there's guys that were you know born while he was still in the league. Well, <laughs> I look at like seventies. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I mean, maybe. look at Phil Clough. He's, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Been bowling forever. Yeah. I mean, he's on about 136. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think he's still averaging that too, probably. I know. Well, at least in duckpin, anyway. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Never bowled. You ever bowled duckpin before? I've tried it, but I don't even remember what I got. I've yeah. only been once. I feel like he just took it up, and then all of a sudden was like, you know, non-member bowler of the year, like his first year trying it. So I heard cantlepin bowlers seem to adopt to duckpin pretty quickly. Well, I mean, the ball's similar. It's just a little bit heavier. I mean, probably similar style, right? And you can lob. And you can lob. Yeah. I mean, that's perfect. <laughs> Actually, I bowled duck pin once um, when we had it over the random location. And uh, there was a button to clear 
clear the deadwood. And I asked the guy working, um, you know, uh, Mike Brodor, he's not a bowler, but I asked him, do you clear the wood in duck pin? He goes, oh, it's the bowler's choice. So I kept clearing the deadwood, and I guess some pro duck pin bowler was, you know, two lanes over from me the second time I went. And he goes, what are you doing? I saw you clear the wood, it's your choice. He goes, that's not a thing in duck pin. What are you, a candle pin bowler? I said, oh, <laughs> so, oh no, sorry, I was keeping the wood backwards. I was keeping the wood. And he kept telling me, you can't play the wood. And I was like, no, you don't, you don't have to hit the button if you don't want to. And he was like, no, you have to hit that button to clear the wood every time. Here I am, like, ricocheting shots over. But he told me. He told me, and I realized he doesn't know what he's doing. He also let me bowl with my candlepin balls, too. <laughs> so that would be fun to just huck them down. Did they come back? I was just going to say. Sometimes. But the thing was, he told me I could just go back there and get them if I wanted to. <laughs> I don't think he really cared. I was about to say, is that him just being like, I don't want to get them? Yeah, I don't think he cared. I said, he goes, if they don't come back, you got to go get them. I said, okay. <laughs> but it should have come back. I mean, it's not like the ball's small enough that it'll go. It's not the other way around. It's not like you're throwing a ten-pin ball down down a candlepin alley and shatter the centerboard. Yeah. We should try one day. Okay. You we don't should, work here anymore. You I was don't about care. to say, I, don't, <laughs> I can leave. <laughs> Jeremy throws one ball. Bye. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, obviously you grew up bowling in kids' leagues. Yeah, I bowled Saturday mornings at Lafayette and then bowled a lot in Portsmouth too when I was younger. I was about to say, did you bowl like all the like the youth tournaments and stuff like that? Not a lot, but I did. I did do quite a few. See, that's like I never. Like, I, I was told like later on, it's like, oh yeah, we have the state tournament. I kind of wish I knew about this <laughs> years ago. I would have tried harder. <laughs> you didn't get good till you were older, right? No, I didn't. It, it, literally, it wasn't until I started working at Fairway when I was bowling every day on my lunch break for like an hour. And it took me about a year, and I got to where you know I could be competitive. But yeah, no. So bowling in the kids league, at what age did you start thinking, like, you know, this could be something that I could be really, really good at? Uh, probably like 10. 10? Yeah, I felt like I was decent. I did not. I'm hoping to figure it out by the time I'm like I was 38, happy to break, I was happy to break 80 at 10. <laughs> Even to the point where my teammates were like, you suck. <laughs> go, go home now. Was it where you his teammate? No, no you were not. <laughs> no. I'm still waiting for that. Yeah. Although one kid wouldn't let me use his bowling balls because he said I threw them too hard. Really? Yeah, like they're bowling balls. Now, as far as like speed, I had, do you feel like um, obviously you're a great bowler? Do you feel like it's more of a speed thing, a rotation thing? Like when you, if you were to give somebody else like advice on bowling, like what do you think is uh, a bowler needs to do to take their game to the next level? Practice a lot. I but, think it really helps. Yeah. I throw the ball really slow. I was about to say, you're asking him about yeah. speed. Well, I, well, that's why I brought it up. And I, I started to say it, but I was like, well, I don't want to say it that way, so I'm glad you brought it up. Where a lot of guys I've talked to think that you have to throw the ball 40 miles an hour, you know, and, and not a dig at him, but look at a guy like Josh Daly. Like, he's a great bowler, but he throws that ball incredibly fast. You know, Timmy Douglas. But you're a guy that you don't need to throw the ball, you know, 40 miles an hour and obliterate the pins, and you still... I'm pretty accurate, except for singles. Yeah. yeah. Can't hit them. I was it's like me with triangles. Yeah, he can't do triangles. I can't. They're impossible. It's a stupid <laughs> Any advice shot. Any advice for a triangle? <laughs> That's the Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, for some reason, it's like the devil. I cannot hit a triangle to save my life. So, going back to, like, big matches and things like that, like you said, TV was a, a big moment for you. Going back to, like, the filming of things, Bob Lee had brought up the fact that this is, uh, you're about to bowl your third money match. Um, up at Exeter. Um, how did you get involved in, in getting 
put your name into the hat for the money matches. So Winchell actually asked me to bowl, and uh, when that first came up, I'm like, yeah, okay. Bowl with Winchell in Exeter. It's his home house, and I bowl with him any day of the week. So he actually told me he had a better ACST record away from Exeter than he actually did home at one point. Really? Yeah. That's, that's maybe this year. I know it was it last year or two years ago. He was unbeatable. Yeah. Forget who told me. It might not even be real, but I had somebody had told me that he actually is harder on the road at sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. But he's hard anywhere. He's difficult to bowl anywhere. He has been one of the probably top five bowlers of the last yeah. three to five years of, of like the streaming era. Like, yeah. He's been absolutely fantastic. So, who was your first matchup against? Uh, we bowled Freshy and. Um, Nate Lees. Nate, uh, was it Nate? Yeah. Freshie and Nate, I believe. Nate no. And then Baker and Baker McKinley. McKinley. So you both of them. And now who do you have this week coming up? Dom Drake and Mark Smith. And that's going to, so you're a little bit of Massachusetts. Well, which is a New Hampshire guy, right? Yeah. You're a New Hampshire? You're a Massachusetts guy. Massachusetts. Mass. So you might as well be New Hampshire. Yeah. Well, it's the same with the hour and a half commute to get here. It's pretty much a New Hampshire commute. Um, do you think that you have some type of advantage that this is being your third match? You have a little bit of a shorter commute. Winchell's got the home alley advantage. No, I mean, I think I used to bowl in leagues at Exeter, too. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's one of my homes, too, Yeah. in a way. And it's a fantastic house. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great house. You know, Rob, Rob does a great job with Rob, that. Rob does an amazing job. It reminds me the most of Lafayette out of all yeah. the lanes. I think it's, like, the closest thing to it. Small. So, yeah. Now, did you ever bowl um, at that Pro League when it was up there, the Sunday once a month? I used to sub. Yeah. yeah. You I'm ever just, thought about joining something like that? Yeah. My wife would probably kill me, oh. though, if I bowled in any more leagues. So. <laughs> How many leagues are you bowling in now? Uh, Tuesdays and Fridays right now. Are they both at Academy? or? Uh, no. Well, I'm on the Pro League on Fridays, so... Oh, that's right. So it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, so as far as uh, that money match goes, now it, it's uh, getting, you say it got delayed because of uh, a couple of inches of snow? Hopefully. It's, <laughs> hopefully uh, we actually get the snow. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to, we should still have the, the, the league on Sunday. We should. Yeah, it's supposed to start Friday night, I guess. So hopefully yeah, it's supposed we to go like all day Saturday. Yeah, yeah it should, I, I think Sunday should be fine because I think things will get plowed up by then. Yeah. I think it's supposed right. to taper off Saturday night. So. Should be clear by then. You know, Bob Lee keeps telling Sean and I to throw our hats in for the money matches. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, I mean, that's not bad. I, we, so, and again, Bob had brought this up. I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but I thought it was kind of interesting that Anybody, from what I heard, how the, the setup works is whoever is the first one to say we'll bowl is the first one to get it. I think he has a waiting list now, though. Okay. I. That's fine. And I said this to, <laughs> to Bob, um, I think it was on the podcast. I think it would be a good idea to have, like, a qualifier because I know it's a lot of money, but you don't want to see – not that – I mean, everybody so far who's bold in it can contend. But you don't want to see two people that have, like, 1-0 averages think, hey, anybody's got a shot just because they have an extra $500 burn a hole in their pocket. They're going to waste, a, you know, a season of a taping to get obliterated by the returning champions. Yeah. I mean, I'll take the money. <laughs> yeah, but at the same but, time, yeah. you want to see... Yeah, you want to see a good bowling. Yeah, game. and, you know, they're, they're doing so much with the production. Rob's putting up, I think, his own $500 as well. Like, mm-hmm. you want to see four legitimate bowlers up there. And again, you've had it every single time. But I would just hate to see it get to the point, like, a year or two from now where... Somebody, you know, it signs up and they're on a wait list and yeah. probably shouldn't be there. So I think also you might even get more money if the qualifiers are throwing their own money in, but it bleeds yeah, over into. Up. 
Yeah, because you might right. be able to do that almost where like a portion of that money match goes into the pot for the big show at the end. That's what Baker was saying, that they should do some type of qualifier type thing. He's a smart guy. We should listen to him, especially <laughs> if he agrees with what I just said. One day we'll actually get him on the show when he yeah, calls me and tells me when he's ready. <laughs> we were talking about uh, that Ryder Cup type tournament that he Yeah, was, that's yeah, going to uh, be cool. Yeah, he yeah. Came, well, he came up to me. And he, he, he never talks to me. Not like in a mean, like mean way. He doesn't ignore me, but like, you know, he comes over. He never seeks me out. So he comes over and he goes, hey. He goes, what do I do to get on your podcast? I'm like, well, just tell me, tell, tell me when you want to come. He's like, all right, I'll, g- I'll give you a call. He goes, I want to talk about the Ryder Cup thing, like, and all that stuff. I said, okay. I bowled in the you one, do. I bowled in the once a month last year, and um, he was doing the high single pool, and Brian Mayer was the captain of my team. He went over, he said, you're getting in the pool. And Brian says, yeah, he gives him the money, and then he looks over at me, he looks back at Brian, goes, what's that guy's name? So I text the German, I went, today I learned Baker has no clue who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so. he, he's a nice guy. I have no idea what that was, and if that picked up on the mic, that's hilarious. Somebody yelling Fuller. <laughs> so it, it, how, how is it? Is it Fuller, or is it Fuller? Fuller. <laughs> that's what it is. So how many H's is it? I want to make sure he spelled it right. I don't know. Three or four, I think. Okay, so he's close. <laughs> I think he's close. So so when we're going to the um, your delivery, how did you come up with that type of delivery where you didn't feel like you had to smoke the ball on every... To be honest with you, I have no clue. Just my grandmother and my mom kind of taught me how to bowl, so... But yeah, my grandmother and my my mom pretty much sat me up on the lane, and yeah. then once I could start walking, obviously, my grandmother always told me just to reach for the pin I want to hit. So I kind of just did that. And I yeah. know some people look at the pins and the, the dots and everything like that, and I just I look at the pins and reach for the pin I want to hit. Yeah, we've had it's it's funny how many different styles we've heard. Like I always looked at the pin. And then, like, I was talking to Steve Reno. He told me, you know, to be try to be a spot bowler. And then literally the first time I tried to be a spot bowler, well, I tried it once. So it's not like I, but I threw it right in the gutter. I have no idea how to do it. I, I, can't, I can't look at the pins. I am so off balance. I, I can't look at something that's, like, 60 feet away. I need to, like, look at something within 10 feet. So I'm... I, I can understand that for your first ball. I don't understand how you can, like, maybe that's why you can't hit a triangle, because <laughs> I don't understand how you can decide where you, where the ball's going to go over when you're not aiming for the pin. I literally, honestly, I, I have, like, if you've like, played any, like, bowling games or something like that, like, I basically, I look at my arrow, and I have, like, like an invisible line in my head as to, like, where I'm, like, throwing the ball, and... Sometimes we just get guests just willy-nilly walking into the room. Shoe walk. What's going on? <laughs> you have to say it. No, we did. What's up, my team? Come on. Oh, you can tie it after your interview. They can't hear me. If we're getting. We're getting. Uh, so we're gonna find out if Fuller is going to sub on the league. <laughs> Somebody's tonight. trying to recruit me. <laughs> yeah, Stu's out. So I feel like bowling when you're done. I mean, think about it. It'll be awesome. <laughs> like full times. You gonna bowl? Maybe. So we might have a fuller sighting on the lanes today at 7.30. So, so just like old times, so I, I take a used to bowl the shoe. Yeah, he bowled at Academy on Tuesdays. Gotcha. Did you bowl on a team together? No. That was a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he couldn't have waited till 7.30. He had to come and ask you now. As if you weren't a veteran. Like, the way this is set up, we're in the small party room at Ryan's and Millis. It's not like there's a door outside. Like, he can't not see you on your way out. No, this, this isn't like the Nesson Studios where you can, there's like a piece yeah, of glass where you can see, like, what's going on. And, you know, you have, like, people, like, waving, going like this. Yeah, well, there's people with fan signs for Fuller right now outside, so. With four H's and everything. It was probably him yelling outside. Yeah, that's it. Oh, he's, yeah. 
<laughs> so jumping back in, um, so you're bowling in the pro series. What's your team now with the Friday Night Pro League? I bowl with um, Mark Mark Ritchie bowls lead off. Rio, McGinty, Walsh, and myself. How'd you get involved? Did you captain that team, or how'd you get? Nope, Mark, Mark Ritchie's the captain. I've been asked probably for the last 15 years if I could bowl. And yeah. uh, my work schedule, I always had to work Friday nights. And now that I run the store, I can kind of make my own schedule. So it worked out. It didn't work out for you when you ran the bowling. Yeah, it didn't, didn't, didn't work like that. <laughs> so actually, this is my first year actually bowling on Fridays. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping next season to finally jump in the Friday Pro League. We keep trying to put a team out of here. We're like an extra half a mile away. No, I heard <laughs> that they opened it up. There was not an opening. Oh, really? According to uh, Fournier, said that if a team drops, I guess we're on the wait list. Oh, okay. So there's a possibility we have a team out of Millis, and you can make that hour and a half community yeah. every Friday. <laughs> every Friday that you're uh, away at Millis. Well, Union Street, I think, is pretty far away too yeah. isn't it I haven't bowled yeah, there but before they, they but. used to let a team out of Norwood Norwood's pretty pretty far although it might be closer to Boston like I don't know I don't no, know what definitely the, is I don't know what the the actual like parameters are supposed to be yeah I don't like it's, that's what I had heard that we but I even said we could probably because we have a lot of like southern bowlers that would like to do it they just don't want to have their home house be an hour away I think we could probably get close to filling two teams if they ever want to add yeah probably but, I mean you need an even number right you don't want a dummy team yeah. for your pro league so, all right. So one of the questions Scally asked, and I'm curious who the leadoff bowler is, but what's it like being carried by your leadoff bowler on Tuesdays? <laughs> he's had like two good weeks. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, he's been bowling pretty well this year. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> we've been doing pretty well as a team. Was he the one, was he the last pick in the Exeter? I'm not 100% sure. I think it was him because we were I, 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 I got drafted, and then I kind of turned it off. Oh, I was just drafted so early. My name's Jeremy Seahome, and I don't worry about everybody else. I'll have to ask Kelly <laughs> that. You may be right. Is he Mr. Irrelevant? Actually, you know what? No, I didn't turn it off because I was, I was pulling for you. Thank you. Somebody had to be. Uh, and then you uh, – so I think one of the biggest things for the game as a whole – has to be Candle Pinchat. I mean, we've talked about the Voy Forum and the Kaliri Forum, and all. you remember the Voy Forum? Yep. Yeah. When that when that went off, and then I was like, well, we got to do something for the game, and people have to be able to like talk about it and stuff. So it was actually 2014. Um, I created the Candle Pin Chat. Yeah, and that's. Right, so, you, so you actually created it. Yeah. There's a so, lot of people on... So like, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of open house bowlers and everything else that I'll tell them, like, you have to get on Facebook. I don't do Facebook. If you do it for no other reason, get on Candlepin Chat. Because yeah. that's where, you know, they want to sign up for tournaments. I get a lot of house bowlers. I don't know if you get this, Jeremy. Sign me up for a tournament. You sign yourself up for a tournament. Everything's on Candlepin Chat now. You can... Still, people don't do it. So how did that kind of take off and, and get the traction that it got? Well, after there was no... There was no forum or anything like that, so I just thought to myself, I'm like, we need something so people can talk about bowling and stuff like that. There's a lot of drama on it. But, uh, <laughs> Never. I will say, it's not as bad as it has been. Had to delete a few posts, but, you know. Because, I mean, I know Frank DeLuca and I have talked in the past, like, saying, like, Candlepin Chat has been, I, like, like, the best thing for the game, but also at some 
times it feels like it, it can be like a like a bad spot yeah. just because you know things that don't need to be put up there keep getting put up there well it's, it's tough too because you have a lot of people that they'll have interest in, in things maybe that they feel coincides with the game like I think we've seen people running like Super Bowl squares because they're trying to sell some extra stuff or whatever at, at what point do you and we don't have to get through specifics and pick on people but at what point do you have to step in and say this I gotta take this down like do you look at the comments do, you, do people send you messages uh, both actually yeah <laughs> mostly people sending me messages and Super Bowl squares I get and stuff like that because it's bowlers trying to help like bowlers. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah, one thing. I think oh, it's one thing if like I've seen it before where it's like 50% goes to like a world team. I think that has like a place. But yeah, sometimes you see... Those, those don't really bother me yeah. that much. But sometimes I think it can get, you know, you start to see people almost taking it as just another page that they can put their swag out on and yeah. whatever else. Um, so so running that, do you, do you have to like constantly moderate it and see... I do, but a lot of people, if there's something bad, someone will report it. Yeah. So. We had, um, so even like in the ACST page, uh, we had the situation and um, where CPL, you have to show a vaccine card to be able to bowl there. And I, I wrote right on the post, I said... To be fair, that's not a choice by CPL. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so that, and I figured we'd get into that on like spare thoughts or something like that. But that was, um, and I wanted to post it because uh, somebody messaged me, I'm not going to say who, but they were saying, you know, that they were, you know, they still wanted to bowl CPL. They wanted to what ACST bowler complained and I was trying to explain that as you just said Jeremy it's not first of all nobody in the AC is asking for vaccine cards as far as I'm aware of that's not Chucky or CPL that made that rule that was no, the, East Boston yeah. falls under the city of Boston right. they're just following whatever ordinances exactly that, that they Bro- passed down <laughs> I guarantee you Chucky is never going to ask you for a vaccine card <laughs> no, I guess will, they no, are, wait, he will absolutely ask you for a vaccine card this is a podcast that's going out. Shut up, Jeremy. <laughs> this is what he, editing is for. He's 100% following <laughs> the guidelines of the city of Boston and will be have a great business moving forward as he follows all of the rules. <laughs> so, but I posted, I said, if anybody has a problem with this, please, you know, comment or, or send me a message. And I mean this as far as scheduling your matches, not with the rule, because this isn't a place for political. Three comments in. I had to delete a comment and turn commenting off and say, okay, you, you guys know the rule. You guys can discuss yeah. the politics. And, and I have a lot of political beliefs. You can just ask Shu. But. <laughs> no. But It's amazing that you guys can stand in the same room at the same time right I've, now. I've grown a lot as a person. I don't like when Kate yells at me for getting into arguments with people. <laughs> but um, with all that being said, I just didn't feel like it was a place for it. And you kind of feel like you have to step in and do that. Sometimes yeah. you can't help and chat. Because yeah. I feel like you see it all the time. But people, I mean, everyone has their beliefs. And you, and you post something. And then the first comment you get is, you know, whatever. But, Usually if it gets to be like... A few comments in, and then people just keep going, and it ends up being 158 comments. <laughs> so it's, it's tough. Threads inside threads. You read yeah. a somebody from a page, you don't have to say names. I have actually, because actually somebody got in there. I actually added uh, a few people to the admins, and uh, it was like people posting porno pictures and stuff like that. No. But like personally, as far as Candlepin um, Check goes, like I and I know what you were saying about the the pro and the con. I think I don't think Candlepin is where it is today without Candlepin Check. Oh, I don't think so either. I I mean, obviously, I mean, that's where Freshie puts his pro series signups. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it it the good out way outweighs the bad. I think the biggest problem with Candlepin Chat is I don't post enough on it and I don't do en- enough polls. 
I haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> I, I was about to say, it's been a little while. I mean, you need to catch up on your quota. I mean, it used yeah. to be like a, like three poles a day. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot. Well, during COVID, we did the big... Uh, you, won, you won that, didn't you? The bracket that we did during COVID? Oh, uh, I don't know. The virtual, the virtual, virtual yeah, tournament? Yeah, I think you won that. I don't remember. You don't put that on your trophy case? <laughs> won the virtual? <laughs> All I know is that Dickie O was on my team. He was on my virtual team. He was on your virtual team. How, how far did you go with that one? Ah, uh, God, we, uh, I don't remember the format. Like, how did it work? It was just a vote. And then I think we yeah, got... I, w- I want to say we, 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 we were top ten anyway. Yeah, I think you guys went pretty far. But then I know that even that had controversy because I guess somebody was pulling, like, non-bowlers to vote for them or something like that. <laughs> As if there was, like, money at the end of it. Like, it was just legit, like... Because I feel like Dickie O, like, Bob Moran. Like, I had a good team. <laughs> I forget who we lost to. It was... I think it was a fun idea. It of got, course. I'm gonna, not going to lie. It got really uh, time-consuming yeah. to do. <laughs> I had bracket pages up. Weren't yeah. you still working? Like, yeah, I never got I never got laid off. Just from here. Thanks, Jeremy. Jerk. I didn't do it. <laughs> so, um, but it, that's something you look to continue keep keeping up with and everything oh, yeah. else there. Yeah, definitely. I think it helps with tournaments and stuff like that. Everybody can post. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't think the things take off the way they do. I think, I've told, like I said, early, you know, when we started talking about camp and chat, I try to tell plenty of, bowl, like, even open bowlers were on Facebook, that's where you need to go because you'll see um, we have a league on Monday nights that's uh, softball league that was looking for something to do in the offseason. Yeah, I saw Kevin Clinton Kevin's signed up for, for Matt uh, Nichols. Rockin' to the Oldies. Rollin' to the Oldies. Uh, Kate uh, came up with that name. Did she? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see my comment? We're going to have to dress up like, like Richard Simmons? Yeah. If you're <laughs> in trouble you'll know why we're gonna be like doing like <laughs> high steps to like uh neil sadaka <laughs> so but uh yeah like i said it, it's just good to see there's so many things with the game um you know and like i said and i think it all kind of culminates there there's other pages of course like there's a pro series page i'll run the bear has its own page um bowling Dirt network is another one that actually you know the story behind bowling Dirt network no so because you don't listen to our podcast so <laughs> i do the, uh, we talked about it on bob lee's uh podcast where uh the old owner here, PJ, used to call all the bowlers bowling nerds, but he always said it. Uh, term of term of term, dear, yeah, yeah, because he used to call himself a music nerd because he was in, he's in a band and plays drums and everything else, and he used to joke that you know you're gonna post something. He used to call Candle and Chat the Bowling Nerd Network, <laughs> and so I created a Facebook page, Bowling Nerd Network, and that was where we were gonna post like all the tournament results and everything else, and I just didn't have the time to run it and it was it was already on Candle Pit Chat so then flash forward like five six years and Bob Lee was talking about he wanted to create a Facebook page where he could just have all these stats yeah that'd be a good idea well do I have the thing for you (laughs) exactly (laughs) so I basically gave him the keys to it and said knock yourself out so but it's it's great to see like there's just so many so many things and I think that's where a lot of uh, ideas get inspired and then you have and we use it a lot too the Lexi posts the Candle Pit calendar on that so we can see what tournaments are out there so we're not doubling up on days if we can avoid it so I mean I think there's a lot of good that comes from that I do I agree you won a world's title what was that like uh, it was awesome we went up against Lucky Strike and uh, if you had told me that we were going to win I probably would have told you you were crazy on paper so uh, but we pulled it off and we almost won by it was pretty close to 100 pins I think yeah uh, yeah so do you remember everybody on that team because I think Corey missed one so we want to see if you get everybody on the world's team <laughs> Yeah, I do. <laughs> Who did he forget? I don't know. He said it right after the podcast. He said it. It might have been Gregory. Dodge, Gregory, Norcross. Well, we keep this up. Corey. We might actually end up having the entire team like on our podcast. One by one, we'll get him on. 
<laughs> Although I don't know if I don't know if Mark Gregory would do it. I don't know. I'm sure we can get some interesting stories. <laughs> I want Cookie. Yeah. I gotta one of these days. I gotta I gotta I gotta text Cookie and be like, Hey, we're gonna be at Exeter. Like, just come up with me one week and be like, We we need to talk for like an hour. Because he would have some. Oh some yeah. T- Cookie will have some stories. Would you say that that was your biggest bowling accomplishment was Worlds? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Easter Classic was pretty cool too. Yeah, I can't. You've never done that, right? I haven't. I can't imagine twenty strings. I can't. Yeah. In, individually, I feel like Easter, like Easter and like World Singles is probably like the two. So my, I, I saw someone commented and said if there was anything on my bucket list, and uh, definitely the World Singles is is on that because I've been to the finals twice <laughs> and uh, lost. So. Who did you end up losing to? Mark Carrier and Matt Huff. I mean, I mean, there's no slouches. Yeah. Carrier, two-time winner. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a such a grind to get through all that stuff. Like, I can't imagine. Like, to go through 20 strings and then just be the last one on top. Do you remember how much you won it by? Or I think it was 50 or 60. That's the only thing about when you have a lot of strings. I can see where you don't have these like neck and neck matches necessarily. As much, maybe when the pro series or the yeah the pro series had you know 140 guys on the tour, a lot were closer. But I mean, I'm thinking about spare time. I know I've told this story before on the podcast. Jeremy messaged me and said I'm in second place. Like I said, who's in first? Through nine strings, he said Surratt. I said how close are you? And he said well if he goes home now and I throw 114, I'll I'll beat him. <laughs> so, but um, what were some of like the big takeaways from that world scene like? Again, like, at what round did you start to think, like, oh, we really got a shot here? Not that you didn't go in thinking you had a shot, but... I think that year we got the bye, too. So... Yeah, I think you did. Uh, you were on the other side from us. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a good team. Yeah. And that was your team academy at Academy, too, yeah. correct? Yeah, it was at home, so that Helps. was nice. <laughs> home field yeah, advantage. Yeah, Ted, Ted must have been pretty happy. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and how, how was it having, you know, guys like Mike Gregory and... It cookie was nice. I think Kevin Cookie, like, he was there for, like, every uh, ball and shot. I've heard he's basically, like, the ultimate team guy. He's awesome. Like, anytime you had a shot, just look back and he'd tell you. And he was right behind you all the way. So. That, and that's why when, when Ganj asked me, I immediately, you know, I'm like, yeah. I said, let me, you know, let me talk to my current team because I wanted to bowl with Cookie. Yeah. And that, that was, like, the main selling point. Yeah. Hopefully and, he comes back, but... That was, I don't know how that's going to go. Four years ago. Oh, three years ago, anyway. Now, Jeremy, how, how many years have you been on that team and not bowled? <laughs> <laughs> I think they technically, I, I was technically asked in 2020. So, like, right before COVID hit is when I was asked. Yeah. And I had the whole week, like, like everything was planned. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm taking, you know, I, I think I was planning on going up on like Tuesday because I think I had to drop my kid off at like school that morning I'm like alright I'm going to do this and this and that and then everything like the world just like shit its pants <laughs> now okay, so going back you said you know once you got to buy you felt like you know we have a pretty good shot we have a good team was there any moment especially during the playoff run where you started to get a little tight and think maybe maybe this isn't going to happen no not really I mean I think the most the tight part was uh in the finals just against you. Lucky. I think I must have had like 12 beers during the first <laughs> string and a half. I'm like, I got to stay loose. So Yeah. Well, you know, you don't need the coordination of the yeah. bowler, right? <laughs> Especially when you're uh, all about consistencies and singles. Did, did you anchor that team? I did, yeah. Do you enjoy being in that, that pressure cooker situation? Yeah, I do. I don't think, I feel weird when I don't bowl anchor. Um, I pretty much bowl anchor all, all the time. 
but I know like if obviously if you got on different teams it would be different right but, but do you think when you're building a team like that you have to look at that and say you can't have five guys at all want to be anchors I mean look at Lucky any of those guys any, yeah. could be any, an anchor they bowler they eight anchors on their team yeah, yeah. and Freshie and Freshie oh and Freshie yeah <laughs> I wonder if he listens <laughs> probably not um so in that situation too, like, so going up there, you get through the, you know, did you bowl all three games in the finals? Yeah. And would you do two boxes at a time yeah. up there? So you got to probably the last two boxes and just thought, we you were up by 50, just keep it on lane, we should be good to go. Well, I think we made it to like the fifth or sixth box and I looked back and saw Cookie starting to cry. So I think we had it, uh, once Sikhetti had those, I think he had a triple or a four bagger, I can't remember. But uh, I felt pretty good after that. So. Yeah. That, that's got to be such a special one. Like, it's great to win, like, a singles event, like you were saying, like an Easter Classic. But to, to be with all your guys, go through that whole week, grind, and then be there. Well, and I think, Ed, that's every Candlepin, every, like, competitive pro Candlepin bowler's goal is to get their name on the trophy. Yeah. yeah. So, looking to repeat at some point soon? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we ever get the tournament yeah, back. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it looks good this year either because I, I think I, things in Canada are still... I was still, about to uh, say, it, it really, the whole thing just, it's... it's yeah. Whatever's happening in Canada. Yeah. Right. Did you bowl the Invitationals that they did? That was kind of the replacement worlds? I did. How did that feel? I know it's different without the Canadians. How did that feel as a completely different... Uh, I think it's it's different. It, feel, it felt different to me. Yeah. Like, it's not the same. Still, it's better than nothing, though, right? Yeah. It is better than nothing. But Would like, you do it I don't again? Know, you got to have the Canadians. Yeah. yeah. You need the chirpiness. <laughs> as, as, as much as we, you know, give them crap and they give us crap, I mean, we're all... It, it, it's, it's not the same without them. As much as it kills me to say it, I really miss Calvin. <laughs> now, do when, we? <laughs> do we miss him? When, when, how, how many years have you been bowling up at Worlds? Uh, 2014 actually was my first year. Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I've got asked a million times, but Just couldn't make with that. the whole work schedule, it never worked. When did you start, Jeremy? Uh, my first year was 2003. Okay. And then my boy, like Helen, wouldn't let me go. For like years after that, we need to set up Christmas displays. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> so you weren't really there bowling the worlds when, when the Canadians were at their chirpiest. No. No, you missed. I, I missed saying, that. I know you said you kind of caught the tail end of that. Yeah, so we, we kind of caught the tail end. It was, it was funny. We were actually bowling Jerry Dunn's team at the time. They were called the Wafu Pirates. Yeah, I, I love that team. Is that like the only team your wife remembers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, every time they threw a like they threw a strike or a spare, it was Arr! It was it was fantastic. So as back to the Friday night. Are you surprised how where your team stands on Friday night? Rio wants to know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean we have a really good team, so we're just trying to stay ahead of Wolverine. That's something you're gonna look to continue. You said with your work schedule. Oh yeah, okay. I plan on bowling now. So, um, I don't, I'm saving a question. Do so you have anything? You're saving the question? I'm saving a question. So. Oh, you're saving a question. Oh, okay. Did you ever bowl on the WCBC? I didn't, no. So, like, when did you start doing roll-offs? And, like, uh, I think 2002. 2001. So, you were, around, you were around while the WCBC was yeah. still around. Oh, okay. That, I, I think you, you would have done well in that. Yeah, it's fun. It seems like you, you know, didn't do Worlds till 2014. Like you, you're picking your spots, but where you're bowling ends up, you do very successful. Yeah, I mean, I think I could have done pretty well if I could have bowled in a lot of things, mm -hmm. but work prevented that. So yeah, work and families get in the way of bowling. It's the worst. <laughs> now, did you ever, did you ever like go to your dad's TV tapings? Oh yeah, all the time. I, they'd call me out sick from school, and <laughs> I'd be there sitting in the background. 
I'll have to go back and look for some of those. <laughs> Whatever it's going to be like, like Sean Taylor in the background for Paul Berger's 500. Didn't you say Poudreau was at one of your tapings? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was just kind of standing there. But, um, <laughs> Taking it all in. Go, I'm going to beat this guy next so week. So obviously you went to the Channel 5 tapings and, oh, stu- yeah. and stuff like that. So what kind of, if you remember much at all, like how, how was that environment? It was crazy. Like even the Stars and Strike shows, that was pretty cool too at Lita. Yeah. Having those lights on and like. Yeah, like un- unfortunately, like I never, my father would never call me out sick on Mondays to go to a Channel 5 taping. <laughs> and it was like 10 minutes away from my house. But I just, I always wondered like what that atmosphere was like when, you know, when you have a guy like, like, like your father or, or Olsta, like those guys, when, when the place just goes bananas. Yeah. What was it, some of the best matches you remember watching? Uh, my dad, when he almost won the car, actually. 1993, I think it was, Ford Escort. Yeah. He uh, no, no, what was had that? a 187. What was that deal? Uh, if you had a 200. Yeah, if you had a 200. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I don't think Don Gillis ever mentioned that. Like, during, like when Paul Berger went, like, 190-something. It was on, um, when it was at Park Place, I think. Uh, oh, okay. The Charlotte Park Place. How does that Place. even work? Did somebody, like, hold on to a car for just the off chance? I think it was Naltz. Naltz, Wyndham, Honda, or something like that. Uh, huh. They they called the guy up and told him to bring the keys down because they thought my dad was going to win the car. But <laughs> he didn't. Spread eagle. Oh, man. Oh, no. What did he throw? He 187. 187. That hurts. Yeah. How many 200s are on TV? Isn't there just the one? One, yeah, one televised. That, that, yeah. was, uh, that was Bob Kelly. Right, uh, that's what I know of. Maddie's dad. Which stings. Have you seen that, sh- that, I that haven't, show? I have It's on Alley Chad. I want to. S- I forget what the name of the show was called, but it was. It's not Stars and Strikes or Big Shot or like any of the big shows. But they to show the score, they kept putting the camera up at the telescore, and all you see is a light. You can't tell like what's <laughs> happening. So like if you keep score, if you grab a piece of paper, you can keep score on your own. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was nuts. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. I yeah. mean, obviously, we can tell where Maddie gets her ability yeah. from. And her mother, too. And not that 200s come easy, but of course, you brought up the fact that you have the 224, correct? Yeah. Do you have more than one 200, or is that the one? Lots of 190s, but no more 200s. That's a, that's a crazy accomplishment. And then your, so your high five is? Uh, seven, uh, 743. And then uh, three? Seven, uh, 474. Seven would be crazy. Start with a seven for three games. <laughs> Funny thing, though, when I did throw the 224, I didn't have my 474. Really? Yeah. It's funny how a lot of people don't have like their single, triple. Like the single doesn't usually coincide with like their high three or their high well, five. Mine was in a five in a five string. Well, whatever, Jeremy. And it was the last. And it was the last string. I like my high single and my high triple are completely different days too. Like, because I well, it didn't help that I threw a one seventy five for a high single and followed it up with an eighty one. So, you don't usually get a high triple that way. No, no, no. <laughs> t- t- typically not. No. Now, like, I mean, obviously, you probably grew up watching the shows and all that stuff. Like, your your dad, Jack, or I'm going to say are probably two of your favorite boys. Did you, like, who else uh, did you really enjoy watching? Uh, Mike Morgan. Uh, uh, him and Tommy were always two of yeah. my favorites to watch. And Craig Holbrook, actually. I always called this the uh, Stars and Strikes, like, the Morgan Brothers show. <laughs> like, the two of them were always on. Yeah. Yeah, Mikey, growing up, other than my dad and my uncle, Mikey was... Probably my favorite bowler. He's such a nice guy, too. Outside of Tizzatero, right? Yeah, outside of Tizzatero. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> my, my favorite main bowler. Is, whose name runs with, what is it? 
Jim, Jim, Jim Dodaro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did ask a, um, a question. Do you feel like there's a way that you could teach somebody to anchor? No. It's I just a mentality? Or... Yeah, I don't think you can teach anybody. But you got to have that, that really short-term memory. And that's so the follow-up that he asked, too, to that is, what do you think makes you a solid anchor bowler? Is it I that? don't know. I just love the pressure. Yeah. Like, you feel like you come out more in those yeah, situations? Normally. They don't usually put you in the two-hole? No. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're on Lucky Strike, I mean, I mean, listen, he's got a title more recently than they do. He should tell him if I'm on that team, I can bowl wherever I want. Where's your title? <laughs> what, is, what, what does Tim always say? He goes, "I'll bowl wherever you want as long as I bowl fifth. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you when you won the worlds, who were you bowling up against for the anchor spot? Surratt. Surratt, decent bowler too. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's okay. all right. Yeah. He's all right. But like you see, you look at that team, and they could have put anybody fifth. Oh, of course. I mean, I mean, was it, uh, Baker McKinley? Surratt, Goudreau. Yeah. Barber actually has been Barber. bowling really well too lately. So Yeah, he's somebody that we want to have on as well. Yeah, no, I talked when I talked to him Sunday, he would um Jeremy talks to all these people and I don't <laughs> I don't get I'm to talk to these people. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Sunday Sunday was was fantastic. Well, without giving spoilers away. Yeah, so not, so Jeremy, who won the um candle for cancer taping? <laughs> I guarantee you it was a bowler. They scored more pins than the second place guy. <laughs> I forget what the seeding was. Who was the top seed? Uh, Jay Simino. So definitely Simino had a 50% chance. He of had a 50% okay. chance of winning, yes. <laughs> he was there in the finals. We know that. But I, I will say it, it was awesome to have those lights on again. It, yeah. It actually felt like a TV kind of environment. That was really cool. Next time, I, the show plans to stay there. Which is good. That's what I was wondering, because with the lights, I think when I made the taping the last season, yeah, um, it, it was kind of dark. It, I think it the, was, and I think we knew that was going to happen. It was happen. Sunny side the first time, right? Yeah. Or was it last, this time? Lita. Uh, Lita. Lita. Still haven't bought Lita either. Oh, it's such a good place. I love Lita. I heard that was one of the finalists for the Mixed Worlds coming up, too. I believe so. So. But yeah, talking to Lexi, she sees no reason why we should be anywhere else. Yeah, that's you good. Know, and then we we told her, you know, we just love to get people. Yeah, and the audience, little, uh, the roll-offs in different houses. I think that's a good idea. I was yeah. actually talking about that. That so far it's kind of all been up north. Like we haven't really got any roll-offs I, down this way. I get that. Like the same roll-off session in different places. No, just in general. Like, oh, okay. Because well, I was about to say, like, if you're, you, you have to have. I think you have to have all the roll-offs in one place for the seat. I agree with that. For that I'm session. saying, like, when they do the next one, they should keep picking different houses to do their roll-offs at. I agree because you can't. Not every house. We were just talking about house difficulty, where if you have one that you know has a house like Putnam and a house like Riverwalk, it's not really a fair comparison. Right. Well, unless you do like you know like uh, Comcast used to do, you have roll-offs in different areas. Yeah. And then you go to a final. Yeah, I like that too. Actually, you know that. I mean, that as long as the the people that have to make the show are in one spot. I like that he added two more shifts to it though, because I was going to be in Vegas for work and I wouldn't be able to bowl. Well, I I think, and and I love Alfie. I do. He is an amazing person, but I think he was wasn't quite get, getting what we were saying, and then yeah. finally, like all of us, like Frank and like, oh, we're just like Alfie. Like we don't have the numbers. Yeah. Like we don't have. 
300 bowlers that can go out and try out for TV. Like, because his whole thing was, was like, you're going to give Tommy Olsen a second chance at you? And, like, because that was know. the other thing, too, is you allow people to, to roll off multiple times. Like, no even candle pins, you're allowed yeah. to roll off more than one time. So, that, that I can understand not allowing that, but at least having multiple shifts. And I'm, not, I'm not opposed to letting well, people to we try out. I mean, Channel 50 had God knows how many roll-offs they used to have. Yeah. Like, yeah. they'd have, like, four roll-offs a week. Right. I, I think the more you're giving people opportunities, the better it is. And then also, too, you know, you get to see more when people go out to bowl, the top five of those numbers, maybe because guys have to try more than once, those numbers are a little inflated, too. Oh, yeah. You get to see the big, you know, this guy threw a 680 to get the four seed or something like that. Yeah. So what, what was it like bowling in... in uh, and that tape, you were in the first one, right? Yeah. yeah. Was that? No, it was you cool to actually like have that come back, like, and feel like a TV show. Yeah. No, de- definitely. Um, it, it's it's like I said. Obviously, like the lighting thing was a bit in room constraints for like the interviews and stuff like that. Listen, the Joe Rogan podcast is the number one podcast <laughs> in America, and the first episode they had snowflakes raining down because they like you always have to start somewhere, okay? <laughs> You always have to start somewhere. <laughs> did you did you hear the latest thing about him? No. So apparently Neil Young is going to take oh, all, of, all of his yeah. music off of Spotify if Joe Rogan's podcast stays on Spotify. I'm glad that we're afraid of the Fear Factor guy. <laughs> Not that that's as far as I'll go politically on this, but um, so you got a world title, you got an Easter Classic title, um, and you said your big bucket list thing is the singles. The singles. Now, if you could pick one thing though. Would you want to win a Worlds again or a singles if you can only take one away? I mean, definitely getting your name on the team trophy is the biggest thing that I think everybody tries to accomplish. Yeah. So that would probably be... I'd like to win Easter again, too. Yeah. We were talking... I was actually talking to Matt Nichols about this, too, where, you know, you, you look at... It was Tom... We had Tommy on the podcast, and he said that, you know, when he was bowling... Um, the Americans were always about, you know, the individual stats. And it was, you know, if I wanted to prove I was a better bowler than you, it wasn't, you know, me and my four friends can beat you and your four friends. But the Canadians were always more team-oriented. Yeah, I don't but think they have a lot of single they things really up don't there. Know. I don't think but so. I've noticed more and more we're getting, and even some of the younger guys that are creating these tournaments really are pushing more for these team events. It seems like team events are starting to take more of a precedence, and even, like, team events seem to fill out more now. Which I, just, I think it has a lot to do with... I feel, as a bowling community, we're a lot closer yeah. than than we were 20 years ago. Yeah. So I, I just I think people just enjoy bowling with each other. I and I understand that. I, I guess for me, like I always kind of think like the Channel Five, the idea that there's one guy at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. So that's where I could see like the the singles, like you said, in Easter Classic. But it seems like the right answer that you have to give nowadays is the team event because that's the <laughs> that's where we're that's the big tournament that we have now. But yeah. I, just, I, I feel like we need we need to go back a little bit to that individual. That's my opinion because I think you know you're you're on the lane by yourself really. As much as you know, when, when you win an Easter Classic, you were better than somebody for what's it, 200 boxes. You know, you didn't have somebody throwing a four bagger to get you in a good position. Not that you couldn't have come back from any situation, but I think it's it's different when you get four other guys picking you up versus yeah. you did it on the lane by yourself. I say that as a terrible bowler, but like it's not like. <laughs> Like beating people away with a stick. You're not as bad as you think you are. <laughs> I know, but it's tough. I'm talking to these people that, like, you know, who, I forget who we had in the podcast, and somebody was like, you know, when you're at this pro level, Jeremy, you know, Dan. Anyway, I was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you've heard of these you, occurrences. You've heard of good bowling, correct? Yeah, I've seen it once in a while. I've, I've seen it on TV. <laughs> so, uh, any other big takeaways from the game that you think we can take it to the next 
level next step? I think the Alfie's thing that he's doing is pretty good, trying to get stuff back, and I think it's working out pretty well so far. Yeah. How many rolls? How many bowlers did he have trial for that? The last taping? Yeah. It was Fifty plus. Do you know what the? I mean, I know you said no spoilers. We're not gonna get into. Money stayed the same as the last taping. Yeah. He wants to keep that the same okay. for now. It's basically so what without him explaining better than what I can explain. He's waiting to figure out what per- next year, like what percentages he's yeah, going to be taking from um, either the tables or, or the slot machines and stuff like that. It's just the, the amount of money that he's going to be getting. Right. Now, are you um, going to roll off on that again? Oh, yeah. How does that work? Can you can't be back-to-back? So I had I had to wait. Yeah, had so to he sit can't out do this one. one. He'll have to wait till He can go to, was it Exeter? I, I can go to Exeter. Yeah. yeah I had yeah, to yeah. wait. And is that, um, that's for the five people that make the show? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. if you roll off and you come in six, you can try out again yeah. the next time. Okay. Right, exactly. And then I think he paid 15 spots last time. Like yeah. 15 spots, 15 got 100 bucks. It was crazy to see some of those like, numbers. And then that last shift just blew a lot of oh people yeah. away. I mean, so. look, I mean we, we almost had a, a female on the show. Yeah, Sonya Rossi, right? Uh, I mean, Sonya Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, she went. She went six forty nine. Yeah. Like after day one, she was the five seed. But like looking at those scores, I'm like, I'm like, I want that to hold, but I don't think it's gonna. Yeah. Well, it was a similar. Remember New England Candlepin? ML missed it by like two pence. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. she the eighteen seed? Yeah. She threw like three fifty something. Yeah. And I think Jeremy was a 17, and he even said he's like, if somebody has to bow out, I might not be able to make it because we want to see ML on the show. Yeah, no, I, I, I guarantee you, if if it came down to if I was the 16th seed, she was the 17th seed, yeah. I'd find something else to do. Right, I remember. Cause and I know she'd probably be pissed, but I'm sorry, but. Because <laughs> we haven't had a female on the show since it came. I think Fico's had it. I think Fico's had it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think, did Lynn ever make the show then? I don't, I think she did, but not here. I think here it's over. Yeah, I couldn't remember if she made it on. I believe at, she did, so. Fico's. Did you ever try out for that when it was at Fico's? Uh, I think I did once, but I didn't make it. Ow. The cup was like 340. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were good. <laughs> yeah, I, I hopefully we can get that started up again. Yeah, actually, people are starting to ask, would you come down and do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you done it here? Uh, I don't think so. You, you, I did, yeah. You did. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you just missed it. But I I th- th- the plan is to make it a five-string qualifier. Yeah, yeah, I remember you and, and Myrick were yeah, talking up, about that. Up the price a little bit. I like, I'm, like I, I feel like people won't have a problem paying 40 bucks for, I don't think for so. a five-string qualifier. Not at all. Not if they're going to pay 80 to no. do Alfie's thing. Granted, they're bowling for a little bit more money. Right. You know, but... I, I think it's good. The, the more content we get, Franklin TV does a great job with it. When Palace did it with Fitchburg, like, they put great shows out. And I think what, the, what they're doing over at the... Um, Calvin's for cancer with Alfie Johnson. I mean, one of their their commentaries is a little garbage, but whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you know, I love you, Jeremy. But I honestly, I feel like we're like content-wise for this game. I I think we're in one of the best positions that we've been in in a long time. I've been I've been part of the bowling community. I would say for nine years, and I feel more optimistic now than ever before. Do you yeah. feel like it's kind of? Somebody who like you've been bowling for a while. You, are you obviously it's not the channel five days, but are you starting to see an upswell and come back? I think so. Yeah, I think people are just like even with the whole COVID thing. Like everybody was like, I want to get back to bowling, get yeah. back to bowling. And I yeah. think a lot more people have come back actually. I just love seeing you know Freshy posting. You know we might be adding a third shift to the pro series. Like it's it's great to see mm-hmm. 
you know, tournaments getting wait lists and things like that. Like, it's, it's fun to see things starting to fill out. You're starting to see, like, we were talking about it with our tournament here, where it's like, you get the same people over and over again, but, like, you always get, like, ten people that either have never done it before or you've never even heard of before. Right. And, you know, one of the examples we were just giving, um, I was talking to Nichols again about it, is a guy like Chris McDonough. Never met that guy before. He's doing ACST. He's already averaging 108, 109. He's talking about... He came in here. Some, during the summer, a couple yeah. of years ago, something like that, and he was just throwing. He had already signed up for Out on the Bear, I think. Yeah. And then, like, I'm watching, I'm like, wow. I'm like, he placed you, in the scratch in the scratch Out on the Bear. He came I'm like, in the where, top eight. I'm like, do you bowl somewhere? <laughs> like, I've never seen you before. And he's, he's like, ah, oh, so I signed up for Out on the Bear. I thought I'd try the place. And he averaged like 117 for like whatever, yeah. like practice he That's did. That's awesome. I'm like, I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then I know he bowled a couple pro series, I think. Yeah, he went like six. 40 something we had we announced him as he had it through his high five up yeah. at uh, Bull Rama during That's one awesome. of the Pro so it's, it's really cool we're starting to see Nichols him and I were going back and forth a little bit but he was talking about trying to get more tournaments in his area I was saying you know you want to be careful watering down the, the pool because there's only so much water and the more pools you have it becomes you know more shallow yeah and you don't you don't want the quality to go down but his argument is he thinks there's a lot of guys in these houses that don't get the exposure and they're not willing to make the trip but then if they start to do some more tournaments and realize oh i can hang now they're more likely to start making those trips yeah, exactly no so, I, I, I agree but it, it's good to see like you know the acst went from 32 guys now up to 64 guys we're talking about pro series events alfie's tournament used went from what 19 guys to 50 i know the shifts yep. help well i mean i feel like the, also the last like roll off was it a weird like a, a, a tough like oh, yeah. time frame yeah I think there was like a golf tournament yeah. and then a bunch of other things yeah I think that was the other thing too as much as you know we love Alfie I think he was very stuck on an era that unfortunately no longer there anymore yeah. and thought if you just put the money out it'll come and that's not always the case normally you do but yeah. I mean he like I said like the, the timing wasn't like perfect yeah. but everything is going to be like learning curve and everything else and you know it's, it's taking the next step what do you think what do you think's next for the game I don't know I'd like to see it get back on TV but I don't know if it will ever happen so I've seen people post online if you think this game's going back on TV you're an idiot and da 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 I think more so now than in the last 10 years there's a possibility yeah just gotta get the sponsors I think it's a big thing yeah I think that's you need the money Alfie's really pushing for that I mean Franklin TV used to put in how much I know that's local access last last time they paid the they paid the championship fee so it was was $1200 yeah and then I know we Ryan's was kicking, and I think in the five hundred. So it's like yeah. it's. So we had seventeen hundred dollars off the bat before a ball was thrown. So I think we're we're starting to see that it is trying to get more of those outside people. Though I forget who said it, but we can't keep bowling for our own money. We have to start pulling in. You know, come on, Dunkin' Donuts, let's go. <laughs> You're New England. Do you know how many of your cups are in bowling alleys when the tournament starts? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's with dipping afterwards, but. <laughs> That's so gross. It is gross. <laughs> I think that's all I have. Uh, I was like, oh, no, absolutely not. Oh. We need the official count on how many ball, sets of bowling balls that you actually have. That's right. Ooh. If I had to guess, <coughs> I have a lot. Probably 45. Sets? Yeah. Why? I was going to say balls doesn't yeah. make sense. It's not divisible by four. Yeah, probably 45 sets or where, so. And where are these stored? Like, like where? Like, if I come home, if I had, like, more than three sets in my house, one of those, like, they're all going in the attic. I have a whole bunch of them in, like, big Tupperware containers in the basement. Do you use them all, or? I probably use, like, four or five sets. out. I think I have five sets in my car right now. Now, you know the more weight you have in the car, it's worse for your gas yeah. mileage, right? <laughs> 
No, uh, do you switch them out for certain like conditions, like alley conditions and things like that? Sometimes. Um, I just got new new uh, cyclones, so I hate breaking in new balls. And I'd throw a string, and if I bowled horrible, I'd switch. So I do keep a couple yeah. sets in my car. I was always under. I was always just told like a bowling ball is a bowling ball. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. If you said five, I would have laughed. But you said forty-five. <laughs> That's insane. <Yeah. laughs> I have two, and it's because one's a two-six and one's a two-seven, and I'm just trying two sevens. Yeah, I have two. Yeah, I have the one pair of scorpions that I used for like twenty years, and then I got a new set like three, four years ago. Now, would you bolt? Like, would you ever get a used set if it was different? Or I you... actually just got an old set of Vipers. Yeah. We have a set of Vipers if you want to buy a 46 cent. <laughs> I haven't seen Vipers in a while. There's literally, a, somebody dropped them off. Got the blue, blue and gold cheap. ones. I just bought them. They, uh, because I know Tommy was on the podcast saying that, you know, for him it was always a brand new ball. Like, if it got yeah, a dent. Oh, you love new bowling balls. Yeah. Now you, you don't want to break them in? No. No. See, I just don't want to, I don't want to damage them. Because they're nice, you have a nice grip, and then I'm always afraid for that first ball. Like, you're going to just, like, it's going to come back The shattered. white ring of death that we put on our <laughs> balls over here. So, 45? Yeah. I don't even want to ask how much that costs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of them must have been like, given to you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are hand-me-downs. I was about to say, I'm sure, like, your dad probably gave you, like, his set. I actually don't have any of my dad's bowling balls. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 45. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be bowling tonight. String three, I'm going to go 45. He's, hey, he's going to be bowling two lanes over because he's going to sub tonight, right? 40. Yes, you're subbing? <laughs> Maybe. I was waiting for my wife to reply to make sure it was all right. But It's funny. We all have to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's going to be mid, like just ready to shoot a single pin. He's just going to yell across the alley. 40. 45? <laughs> What's 45? That can't be right. What's 40, 180 bowling balls. That's Wow. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> thank well, you for coming out. Oh, thank you guys for having me. <laughs> it's going to keep me up at night. <laughs> so, 47 sets of bowling balls. That's insane. I have two, and I think that's too many. I have two, and I was told that's too many. <laughs> I, 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 I wonder, do you think, like, he knows every single set? Like, if we gave him enough time, could he rattle off, like, what, not necessarily, like, you know, whether they're Epcos, but, like, do you think, like, the, you know, the, the color patterns and everything else of every ball he has? There's no way. There's no way. I can't imagine. So, but that was a great part. You know, for a guy that doesn't really bowl in that much stuff, he has a lot of wins under his belt. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, to, to win an Easter Classic alone, you know, and he's got a world's title. And like he said, you know, one day he'd like to check off that, that world singles title. He's, I mean, he's come close. What do you say? Second twice or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's hard to do. And I mean, it's a really hard ladder to make. I also love that right after the podcast, he subbed for, uh, I think he subbed for Stu Bergman and rips off a 601, you know, without even really planning a bowl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that was... And I'm sure he wasn't thrilled with the 601 either. Yeah, he's he's so, like, laid back, happy-go-lucky. I think he was fine. So, uh, that's definitely one of those. Maybe, uh, Fuller, bowl on three more things and get, you know, three more titles, and then we'll get you back on. (laughs) You know he's just going to go three for three. He doesn't bowl on stuff unless he wins, apparently. Apparently. So, we had a couple of big big things that happened. Uh, I don't know if we... 
really even uh, talked about this. We've, we've been off for about three weeks between crazy work schedules, uh, COVID battles. It's, it's been a, it's been an uphill battle to get everything back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we have, as far as I know, she's, she's still a reigning queen of the river. Um, yeah. Caitlin Britton, I believe is her third week in a row. Speaking of, of, you know, the hill tournaments, I sent you the blurb on it. Uh, and if you don't mind reading it, cause I am driving in in this ice storm. Um, Anthony Karen taking home King of the Hill at Mason's. How many times is that for him since its inception? Uh, so uh, that's his 34th King of the Hill. Uh, that's a, that's uh, going out. Yeah. Going back to when it started at the hub lanes in Lunenburg back in 1991. So Holy crap. That's awesome. So good, good for Anthony. He's uh, going to be the reigning champion. I know they started posting some stuff about that uh, upcoming pretty soon. So check that out on Candlepin chat. Got a uh, couple of house or not house highs, but high uh, individual standings. We have uh, Don Holmes through a 572. He actually took over for uh, Daryl Goodwin on uh, Mike Nardone and Rob Linehan's team at Ryan's and on our Wednesday night league. High five, 572 for him. Yeah, that's awesome. Then we had uh, in our kids league, uh, Marissa Ewing with her high single now with 120. She actually almost took home the all-time high girls, which uh, currently sits at 128. The league's still relatively new, but uh, she was a mark away, and she knew she knew what she needed. Just put the ball where she wanted to put it. Just couldn't get it to carry for the spare. You know, good for her because I, I mean, I know she's she's subbed quite a bit on our Wednesday league, and yep. it, it it's obviously I mean just something that she loves to do. It seems anyway. Yeah, I think we, we may be losing her to college, but uh, maybe we can talk her back into it in a couple of years. Stupid college. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think I think she's got to pick Candlepin over college, to be honest with you. I mean, it's the only decision. And then we had uh, one more uh, individual high, single and high three, if you want to go that one. Yeah, actually, it was Mary, uh, Mary Scherer. Yeah, another one of our house bowlers. Yeah, through her high 146 and a 319 high triple. I was given. um, I'm I'm still I'm still like shocked by this because, I mean, she's a very good bowler. I could have sworn she had thrown higher than a 319. Well, you know how it is sometimes like sometimes it's hard to put them all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I believe me. I know. So I was uh, harassing Kate a little bit because uh, Nichols tournament that's coming up, the uh, roll into the oldies. um, Their team is Marissa Ewing, uh, Kate, Kate Finn, my wife and uh, Mary Scherer. And I said, hey, Kate, you know, two people just threw their high singles on on your team. (laughs) Like, let's get yours going. (laughs) Right. No kidding. So no pressure or anything. None whatsoever. Yeah. But that's a team that you got to look out for. Don't sleep on that team. (laughs) I, I very much. I couldn't agree more. So, uh, speaking of that tournament, what do we have on next week? We have Mr. Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols drove all the way from, I believe, Abington. Uh, sit with us, we'll talk some tournaments. He's a young kid, what, 23 years old? Nothing like feeling old, huh? Yeah, that that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a thing. But, you know, he captains a mixed worlds team, runs a handful of tournaments, rep, really representing South Shore um, for that next generation up and really wants to push that um, those guys, you know, that maybe don't get that recognition and don't feel like they have the confidence to leave that area. I think he's trying to push them outward yeah. and, up, uh, you know, outward, upward. Upward and outward, outward and upward. Yeah, something, something like that. I think we're going to see more Timber Lane and Holbrook bowlers uh, in some tournaments pretty soon. I think so. And I, I mean, I think John Pumphrey is also wants 
Timber out there more. Oh, yeah. I remember I was down there at one point. He actually, I think I kind of forgot about this till just now. He wanted to create some type of like tournament where we were going to put some of our bowlers against his bowlers. Um, I remember that. I don't remember if it was elite. Yeah. So he wanted to set something up like that that I think would have been pretty cool. But yeah, definitely loves the game. Uh, really cool to see. It's great to see like these owners. Like, you know, we've, we've given a lot of credit to Rob Ficaro, which, you know, I think one of the best owners in the game. Mm-hmm. But like these, these guys that really haven't owned a house for, a significant amount of time like uh, Mark Moon and John Pumphrey really stepping up for the game. And that's what we need. Oh, absolutely. 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 New, new hungry blood. Exactly. And you know, there's a lot of great ones and unfortunately we're going to leave a lot out, but it's like, so I'm not going to even try to ramble them off, but it's good to see um, a lot of these houses that are, I think trying to turn a corner here. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think that's all I have. That's all I got. All right, till next time.